Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. made me watch Annihilation. I did. I'm Mike Bobbitt. And I'm Allison Bobbitt. Every week we make each other watch a movie that the other one has never seen before. Mm-hmm. And this week it was my turn. And just by happenstance, Annihilation came up in conversation yesterday. I can't remember how. Because of the creatures. There was a meme on Facebook about... Um, An alabear or a barrigator. Gator bears and... Squigers, which are squirrel tigers. Squirrel tiger and shark bird. Yeah. And which you were made like, me think of the bear in Annihilation. In Annihilation, which so I understand. Annihilation last night. Yes. And you liked it. I loved it. I thought it was great. Oh, you loved it. I loved it. I thought it was incredibly beautiful. There's a lot of abstractness throughout the film and like things that needed to be created kind of without any like real life comparison. Right. Like when uh doc what's it what's her name? Doctor something. Ventress. Ventress. Played by Jennifer Jason Lee. When she I guess dies? Spoiler alert. (laughs) When she dies. I think anyone who's listened to the podcast at this point in time knows that we spoil everything that we talk about. Um, So when she dies, like, she starts shooting light out of her mouth and then just becomes this pulsating ball of color and light. I don't think I've seen anything like it in a film before. Yeah. Uh, At least personally. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I've never seen anything like that so there's all this these really beautiful visual effects that happen that were really stunning right let's run through the plot real quickly an asteroid crashes into a lighthouse Mm -hmm. i believe it's supposed to be in florida i think so yeah because it's in like the everglades and then a group of soldiers including oscar isaac goes in uh it it creates like the shimmer the shimmer like a dome right around it so um that grows that's getting bigger i guess at some point in time through exposition they mentioned that it's been there for about three years yeah but about a year ago oscar isaac's team of army guys go in Mm -hmm. and oscar isaac a year later reappears and visits his wife, Natalie Portman, who was also in the army and is now a biologist. Yeah, and And is a professor. He seems out of sorts, takes a drink of water. There's blood in the water. Mm -hmm. She calls 911. They're taking him in an ambulance to the hospital. Military comes and 
basically apprehends them. Mm-hmm. And then we learn, then Natalie Portman learns about the Shimmer and a group of women scientists mm-hmm. are going to go in there to investigate. Yeah. And um, so it's a group led by Jennifer Jason Lee as Dr. Ventress, mm-hmm. um, Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson. Um, Tessa Thompson from Men in Black and Thor. Thor. Yep. She's really great. Creed. Creed. Yep. Gina Rodriguez. Of Jane and, the Virgin. Oh, okay. I didn't know where she was from. Yep. And then uh, Tuva Nava. No, no, no. <laughs> a Swedish actress named a Tuva. Swedish a Swedish <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know her from anything. Who did a very good American accent. She really did. She yep. was fantastic. So they go in and quickly discover that everything is a little strange. Yeah, like there's a lot of um, mutations. Right. And Natalie Portman is especially confused because she's like biologically like she special she specializes in like cells and she notices plants that are different flower types growing on the same yeah on the same stem yeah or um it looks like mold i guess or like spores or something all growing to or moss all growing together but like different kinds and their goal is to get to the lighthouse where this meteor crashed find out what's going on and uh one by one the group kind of gets picked off yeah until natalie portman gets there at the end and comes face to face with sort of like sort of um her doppelganger yeah sort of it's almost like um like once you get to the lighthouse you're sort of regenerated like well there's the message at the beginning where she's talking about the cancer cells dividing mm-hmm. so i think what this thing does is kind of divides and that's how it grows and everything it, a lot of this movie is open to interpretation very much so and i did not like it at all the first time i saw it yeah i remember you saying that so i was like ah, then i won't bother watching it right but this time i loved the movie like a lot Mm -hmm. it may be one of my favorite movies that's so funny because i remember you were like i don't i don't see what the big deal is i didn't like it i i don't know why i didn't like it maybe you just weren't in the right mood for it because it is it's it's very heavy and very abstract this is probably going to be the least funny episode that we've done i know it's a very serious film the movies that become your favorite movie really depends i believe less on the movie and where you are in your life at the time of watching the movie yeah like i'm not sure exactly what i was going through in life to make calvary my favorite movie yeah but it is it is and i'm not sure why because in re-watching it there are some shots that kind of drive me up the wall Mm -hmm. there are scenes in that movie that just are not shot well Mm -hmm. there are some things that you really only get by watching the interviews with michael mcdonough afterwards Mm -hmm. and you're like oh okay like dangling threads of yeah and with this because i've been reading about buddhism Mm -hmm. and this movie kind of to me read as a metaphor of the impermanence and the interconnectivity of life everything in this movie in the shimmer ends up being connected through mutation yeah i i think at some point in time in the movie they talk about how everything developed from a single cell 
Mm-hmm. So when you break it down to a molecular level, like you and Gizmo, who's laying on top of you right yeah. now, <laughs> and the couch that you're laying on, mm-hmm. all came from the same single cell. Yeah, so we're all really the same thing. Right. And then the idea of after experiencing the shimmer, because really the women who go in for the most part, get what they wanted. Yeah, it was... um, Like, Tessa Thompson was a cutter. Yeah. They don't really explain why, but she finds peace... She finds in the a, shimmer. Yeah, she finds like she feels very connected to the nature there. Right. Yeah, she just kind of walks out of the shot because there's a, a point in the in the film where they come across all of these plants that are shaped like people. Right. And in this abandoned town, in this abandoned town that had been evacuated, and they're like, "This doesn't make any sense. They grew this way, like." It's not like, what is it called? Topiaries. It's not like a topiary where it was like cut to look like that. It was, they grew to look like people. And she thinks that that's like really amazing. And she, it's, it's kind of assumed that that's what she turns into. Like, yeah, because as she's walking off, where she walks off, where she's cut herself, flowers start to bloom. Flowers are starting to bloom out of her arms. So, and then is it Gina Rodriguez's character? whose daughter died of leukemia. No, that was the Swedish. Tuva? Okay. Tuva. So she lost the will to live, and then she ends up dying. And then she ends up dying. Yeah. Which and she kind of got what she wants. Yeah. Um, Gina Rodriguez's character kind of got that, too. Like I don't remember why her character volunteered to go into the shimmer. She uh, is an alcoholic. Okay. And is sober, so she's kind of like, I'm an EMT. I've been an EMT for 10 years. I think it was sort of suggested that um, maybe she, because of being an alcoholic, couldn't go back to working. Okay. So maybe that's why she volunteered to go in. It wasn't super clear. Okay. For Jennifer me. Jason Lee had terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. And- All she wanted to do was get to the lighthouse. She gets to the lighthouse. And Natalie Portman basically wants a new start with Poe Dameron. Yeah. She Oscar kind Isaac. of. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because she. Because she. Was unfaithful. Yeah. And he found out, it's implied. It's implied that he found out and that's why he volunteered to go on this mission. Mm -hmm. So she feels like she owes it to him to go in there and find out what happened to him and to hopefully be able to start over with him. To reconnect, which they essentially do. Like Benedict Wong asks Natalie Portman what she thinks the thing, Mm -hmm. the humanoid figure wanted. And she says, I don't think it wanted anything. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, well, it attacked you. And she's like, well, I attacked it. Yeah. And yeah, they do get attacked. But in real life, like in a non-shimmer world, if you encroach upon an alligator or a bear's territory, a bear or an alligator are going to attack you. So it's not necessarily the mutation of the the shimmer that caused them to be attacked. Mm -hmm. That's just nature as it exists. Yeah. In the non-shimmer world. Yeah, it was really interesting kind of what ends up happening um, at the end where you kind of find out like, so in the beginning of the movie, like Oscar Isaac shows up after basically being missing for a year. Like you said, he's, there's something wrong. They take him to the hospital then they're apprehended. He ends up being like on a ventilator and they're like, he's dying. Um, so she's like, all right, I'm going to go in the shimmer. I'm going to figure out what's going on. And I'm going to fix it. When she goes in there, she essentially finds out that He's not really her husband. He's kind of this mimic 
not really a mimic like he is he is her husband but not the original does that make sense he's sort of like well because it's clear if there's one cell and then the cell splits into two yeah then which is the original well it's let's let's put it this way the one that went into the shimmer is not the one is not the one that came out right but it is it is still him but he doesn't you know it's the same but different which is weird it's what i was talking about with the impermanence but she's also like when you think about it because she realizes that they're all mutating as well. Like their DNA is being mutated as they're moving through the shimmer. Mm-hmm. Like she tests her blood and she's like, so I'm being mutated right now. So even though she's still the one who goes in and is the one that comes out, she is changed. Right. Like on a gen- like on a cellular level, she's different. Metaphorically speaking, their relationship mutates from them being this loving cuddling Mm -hmm. playful couple to being kind of cold when he just kind of tells her oh i'm leaving on a mission right now yeah so her infidelity mutated their relationship yeah and that's sort of like the buddhist thing that i was talking about like Mm -hmm. who you are now is different than who you were yesterday before you watched the movie yeah because now you are thinking about things differently differently than you did before you watched the movie yeah so yeah it's just well i think it's also um and i think i mentioned this yesterday is that i think it's also a good metaphor for war and what it's like to be a soldier yep um because you know you go you go into the shimmer or war and you are changed exactly you are changed completely so when you come back the expectation that you would be the same person is really unrealistic because you've been changed by what you experienced in the shimmer slash war so i thought that was really interesting yeah there are so many reads that you could put on it like i remember when i was trying to sell the tv show Mm -hmm. and i thought that it would have made me completely happy to be I made the mistake of playing out the fantasy of what if DJ and I sell this cartoon show Mm -hmm. and it becomes as popular as Rick and Morty. And then because of this thing that we created, never have to work again. Mm -hmm. Let's say that did happen. That wouldn't have prevented my dad from dying. So Mm -hmm. then that would have created the hassle of, well, what do we do? We have this TV show in development and now I need to be in Michigan to take care of my My mom mom, and be there while my dad is going through hospice and mm-hmm. everything so all of that wouldn't have it wouldn't have changed anything anything so really fame doesn't fix anything or, or money doesn't fix anything mm-hmm. you are always going to be the level of happy or sad that you are and it's really within you to change those things and that's sort of what the shimmer does mm-hmm. it doesn't change anyone really they're just it just kind of helps them move to the next phase i guess right no one is changed in a way that they didn't want 
Exactly. It seems like. I will say, though, that I think Gina Rodriguez got the short end of the stick. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, my. I mean, like, um, what, what was the first? Is it tu- Tuva? Tuva, yeah. Tuva, like, yeah, she she dies getting mauled by a bear, which is awful. But so does Gina Rodriguez, and hers is so awful. Oh, yeah. Gina Rodriguez thinks she hears, or her name's Shepard in the movie, Tuva. Tuva's name is Shepard. Thinks she hears Shepard screaming outside. So she runs outside to go save her. And then this fucking bear comes in. The bear has mutated and taken on some of her Screams. DNA. Like if you, we'll have to find it at some point in time. Which, by the way, the CG company who did Paddington Bear also did that bear. <laughs> yes. And I told you this little trivia yesterday. Mm-hmm. Paddington Bear is named after Paddington Station, which I guess is a really nice subway station in England. Mm-hmm. And there's a kind of rough around the edges station called homerton Mm -hmm. so the cg company named this bear homerton oh my god and he is rough right oh and i looked at a 3d model of him and they're not only is the like human skull Mm -hmm. that is part of its skull yeah but there's also if i remember right the other woodland creatures that bears prey on yeah in there too it had a very interesting like you see it and you're like it's a bear but it's not a bear like it's it's definitely looks like a bear but it's not like it's definitely one of those terrifying where when you look at how well they did that alligator shark earlier in the movie Mm -hmm. it's one of those creatures that i'm so bummed out that the bear happens in nighttime yeah that you can't see it a little more clearly well crafted that cg model is so the bear is growling but it's also sounds like it's screaming like shepherd is oh such an unsettling noise oh so gina rodriguez runs outside and it attacks her, and then the bear comes in to the house that they're in. <laughs> and Gina Rodriguez has basically snapped, and she's tied up the other three. And she's like, she finds out that Kane, Oscar Isaac, is married to Natalie Portman. She previously had not disclosed that. And she's like, you're a fucking liar, and we need to get out of here. And what the fuck is going on? So... She takes off and it's assumed that she's, you know, killed by the bear. And then the bear comes in and these three women are just tied up and totally powerless. It is the most intense scene because this bear is absolutely terrifying. And then Gina Rodriguez gets up and comes back inside to, like, save them. And the bear destroys her destroys her face fucking rips her jaw off it's so show it and they yeah they show it like she's trying to get away from so she's trying to pull herself up the stairs and it pulls her down the stairs and it's going for the throat but it rips her jaw off and you see it and you're like jesus christ this is the thing i was thinking about like you know that the alligator shark and the the bear shepherd Mm -hmm. and the tree deer yeah there's some deer but i'm amazed at watching so many making of features on blu-ray 
or even watching like the making of like Breaking Bad and stuff mm-hmm. where like the Gus Fring big scene happens oh, yeah. mm-hmm. where you realize how much of that was CG besides his face like all the debris that shot out on mm-hmm. the room and everything because he can't really set off an explosive in yeah no you really can't I mean you can do like kind of a blow but it really makes me wonder how much of the landscapes in this movie were practical and how much were CG but yeah. the CG was just maybe seamless because you could essentially cover everything in plant life, but maybe you didn't. I, I, I'm not sure how they did it. I mean, I guess we'll have to like... And then from us going to advanced screenings of movies, mm-hmm. seeing how many <laughs> things So were, much yeah. is where you don't even realize it. And you're like, oh shit, like that's a lot of CG that I didn't see. Or like just seeing like, oh, not that much is CG. It's just like these little things that they did. Yeah. I, um, I think CG is a lot better than I initially thought it was. I think it's gotten better because they figured out how to blend practical and CG in a way that makes it look... That that's when I think CG is at its best. Yeah. yeah, this movie was stunning to look at. And I even thought that the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. But already knowing where the story was, so I so this time I was able to just kind of enjoy the visuals of it. Mm-hmm. I was really appreciating how beautiful it looked. Yeah. I don't think the shimmer was a bad thing. I don't think it was either. And I think even Natalie Portman's character says that, you know, because uh, Benedict Wong is like, it came here and it started ruining everything. And she's like, it wasn't ruining anything, I don't think. I think it was just changing, changing things. Yeah. Not in a harmful way. It was just changing things. And he's just kind of staring at her like, what the hell are you talking? Like, what are you talking about? Maybe it was in the Who Moved the Cheese book mm-hmm. that your mom got me. But yeah. I remember reading when I was going through a hard time dealing with change mm-hmm. that it's human nature to be resistant to to change mm-hmm. because change means you have to give up something. You yeah. have to give up the way things used to be. And people mm-hmm. don't like giving up things. Yeah. And, you know, that's another <laughs> uh, yeah. metaphor for the movie. You know? Yeah, really. Humans' resistance to change. Yeah, because it's not like anything within the, like you said, it's not, nothing was bad. I mean, like, yes, there were like animals that were very scary, but like, that also exists outside of the shimmer. You know, like, scary animals exist that will come at you. <laughs> like, it's not... Yeah. They were just different. Yeah. So, I I think it was really interesting at the end, as it was all kind of collapsing in on itself, because uh, essentially what happens is Natalie Portman's kind of doppelganger. She watches a video. Uh, there's a camera set up, and then there's a corpse up against the wall inside the lighthouse. And you can't tell what the corpse is, but when she watches the video, she realizes that it's Oscar Isaac who sets off a flash grenade to kill himself, and then his doppelganger kind of leans into the frame after he's dead so that's when she kind of realizes like her husband that went into the shimmer is the one that is dead and it's a different one that came out it's still him but not the one who went in so she kind of is having this moment where she's staring at her doppelganger and she reaches down and she grabs a flash grenade that's still left over from when her husband was there and you think she's going to take her doppelganger with her and she pulls the pin and flicks the clip on it and then just runs out of the lighthouse 
and her doppelganger just catches on fire. And you're like, what the fuck fuck just happened? And that's when the doppelganger just burns it all down. And that's when the entire shimmer just collapses. So Tessa Thompson only had a very brief moment of peace. She did. Yeah. But it's so it's so sad to watch it all fall down around her. Yeah. And I feel like even as she's looking back towards the lighthouse, even she's like, looks sad that it's all going away. Right. Because it had now become part of her. Yeah. And she part of it. I love how ambiguous the ending is. We watched mm-hmm. this with my mom, who really does not like ambiguous no. endings. But... This was based on the first of a trilogy of books mm-hmm. called, I believe, The Southern Ridge. Mm-hmm. And my mom may end up reading those. And I'm kind of curious yeah. about how the books differ from the movie. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm. The film is fantastic. It's not. I don't know if you could necessarily do a thing where you're like, oh, it's not true to the book because blah, blah, blah. I yeah. feel like they could probably stand alone. Alex Garland, who adapted it, did not reread the book when he adapted it. He wanted it to just kind of be dreamlike mm-hmm. from his memories. And, and it is. It, it, it does feel like yeah. a dream through pretty much really the entire time they're in the shimmer it feels like a dream i always thought that was an interesting way to adapt a book i remember when we were in la Mm -hmm. they had um like a writer's panel at meltdown comics Mm -hmm. and clark gregg who yeah plays like Agent Colton in the yeah. Marvel movies, mm-hmm. adapted the book Choke by Chuck... Uh, Palahniuk. Yeah. And his first pass at the screenplay was very, very faithful. And he showed it mm-hmm. to Chuck, and Chuck was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is pretty much exactly what I wrote, and maybe too faithful. Why don't you do it again, but just write it based on what you remember, because mm-hmm. you're going to write the things that you liked. And I think maybe that worked for this movie. Yeah. Because there's definitely a lot of criticism because it accidentally ends up being a whitewashed movie because Jennifer Jason Lee and Natalie Portman characters are not white in the books, but they don't really specify what race they are until the second or third book. Mm-hmm. So Alex Garland was like, well, you know, I, I did this off the first book and they don't really say. It was still a pretty diverse cast. Yeah. You know, yes, two of the leads were, were white, but I'm in... But Oscar Isaac, isn't he Latino? He's Argentinian, I believe. Okay. And then uh, Tessa Thompson. Is, I believe, half black. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Gina Rodriguez is Hispanic. Latina. Latina. And who uh, Natalie Portman has the affair with is a black guy. Yeah. So, yeah. And So it isn't a very... It isn't yeah. like a super white washed right. movie. It's, it's not like he casts the leads as white. Just to be like, hey, hey, white people. It, yeah, it's not yeah. like, um, what was the one that Scarja was in? Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell. Where she was playing an Asian. <laughs> God, so well, in Ghost in the Shell, she's playing a robot. Well, yeah, she's playing and a robot who, but it's an, you know. The anime, too, a lot of times. Yeah, they make them look very white. Yeah. There are a lot the of larger eyes. Yeah. and But I mean, like Aloha, oh, for yeah, example, yeah. you know, yeah. like Emma Stone plays Pacific Islander. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is not. Uh. No. 
yeah. in any case. It's it's not, I wouldn't say it's a whitewashed movie. It's, yeah, I don't think this is in the same category as those. No. And I think everybody, everyone in it is amazing. What's very interesting is how much silence there is and how much you kind of take from that. Like, so much of what Oscar Isaac does is just kind of look and convey an emotion with a with a look or a glance. He's such a good actor. He really is. When you think about him, now that he has a body of work that I'm more familiar with, mm-hmm. when you think about him in roles like Llewellyn Davis yeah. or Ex Machina or the Star Wars movies, yeah. like he doesn't really play the same role twice. He really doesn't. He has a very a, a powerful range. He's the eccentric billionaire in Ex Machina and and does it really well. And in Inside Llewellyn Davis, he's... The struggling... The struggling artist yeah. and a tortured human. To sidebar, there's a video online of, you know, those uh, answer Google's most asked questions kind of yeah. things mm-hmm. where they get two famous people together. Yeah. So it's Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> just the dynamic between those two uh-huh. is so goddamn charming. Oh, I could just I put them in a movie. Those two to be in a movie together. Put them in a movie together. Yeah, let's do it. I also, uh, speaking of Pedro Pascal, watched the for charity community table read from. Mm-hmm. It's a fifth season episode. I think we stopped watching Community at the end of the fourth season. Yeah, w- once but, it went off. Yeah, uh, it's uh, Pierce's basically reading of his will. Uh huh. And Pedro Pascal. Fuck Isn't yeah. it because the character that was in the TV series was played by Walter Goggins, uh-huh. who wasn't available? And Pedro Pascal is just cracking up, and he can't read the lines <laughs> because he's just laughing so hard. Oh, because yay. Pierce basically wills everyone in the study group a vial of his sperm. Oh, gross! Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, this was... uh, Like I said, it's a heavy movie, for sure. Yeah. But it's incredibly stunning. We should watch Devs, which is, I guess, a Mm miniseries that Alex Garland did. Mm -hmm. It's streaming on something that we have. I I don't know if it's on Hulu or Eh, what. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Because I knew that he did Ex Machina, Mm -hmm. and I was wondering what else... Alex Garland had done. He also did that Dread movie that I really liked oh, a lot. Oh, yeah. 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 I like Alex Garland. Yeah. This this was fantastic. The uh, Annihilation was... I sort of knew what it was about a little bit, but I'm I'm really blown away. I'm so by glad the film. that you liked it. I really, I really loved it. It, it felt so peaceful. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, you know, people were going through some shit through the movie and even though it's kind of heavy it still felt incredibly peaceful just because it's so visually stunning and i've just been feeling like super anxious lately and what the fuck's wrong with this podcast we're gonna go from annihilation to dumb and dumber i know it went right at the roxbury <laughs> Night at the roxbury annihilation. annihilation dumb and dumber now i'm embarrassed that like you picked out this gorgeous movie and i'm like let's watch dumb oh, and Allison. dumber you should be. <laughs> oh, hurtful. Hurtful. I'm just a classier broad. No. And soon I'll get to watch Jeff Daniels take a shit. You've seen it already. I've seen that clip. 
Yeah, it'll just be in context now. It won't just be him shitting. I need the before and after. Yeah, exactly. To really understand the impact. Correct. Oh, boy. I feel bad that that's how so many people know Jeff Daniels is from that stupid clip when he's really like a decorated actor. Well, I like Night at the Roxbury and I didn't think I was going to. I knew you would think it was okay, at least. Would you go into the shimmer? Um, I feel like curiosity might get the best of me and I would want to know what it's like in there. I don't know what, you know, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I have a family now. I don't know if I would risk it. Yeah. I'm not afraid of the shimmer, but I don't know that I would want to go in. But if it was one of those things where the shimmer was expanding, mm-hmm. I think I would be okay with it. If we were all in if it. If we were all in it, I feel like I would be... If we were all in it and we were all going to stay in it. Yeah. Then I would go. But I feel like if it was like, all right, you go and see what's going on. I don't know if I would leave you. Mm-mm. I don't think I could leave you and, and Benji. There's the line that Jennifer Jason Lee has that humans like have a desire to self-destruct. Mm-hmm. And... I think when I was younger, I did. I know when I was younger, I did, but yeah. I don't believe I have that anymore. I think you're right. Like when you're young, you're kind of like part of the self-destruct thing is because you feel like you'll live forever, which kind of sounds like it doesn't make any sense. But I think you do a lot of self-destructive things thinking you won't self-destruct. Yeah, this is very morbid. Um I was thinking about this earlier. I'm 47. I really don't see me lasting to 94. And just coming to terms earlier today with, I'm more than halfway done. It's kind of sad. It's also okay, because these have been 47 pretty good years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to last till 94, because I see myself living past 84. So We can always go out thumb on Louise style. Well, that's what we've already decided. Yeah. I'm just going to drive us off a cliff. (laughs) So until next week. Bye-bye.